Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. All right, and I'm rating it a goodie. What about you, Sandro? Uh, it's, it's an oldie from me. This this wasn't it, sir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so you can check us out on the Patreon. We've got two new bonus episodes coming out there. Check us out on the Spotify's, the YouTube's, all your podcasting platforms. You can uh, go to our Facebook page. We post about our new releases there. Like, subscribe, do all the things. And finally, we'll end with our favourite quote. Sandro, what is your favourite? favorite quote i liked uh the one where it was like i've got a wife and two kids oh well you've got two kids not a wife though oh shut up she might come back (laughs) so that was pretty funny yeah that's that's a pretty good one that's a pretty good one all right thanks for listening bye wait hang on hang on hang on what's up did we forget something i think we may have forgotten to do the episode oh the entirety of the episode oh I knew there was something we were forgetting. We missed some... Yeah, that might be it. Oh, I'm pretty sure we did the, the, the main bits. We plugged the Patreon so yeah. to get big monies. Uh, we plugged all our other things, which lead into plugging the Patreon, which leads to big monies. And we did our quotes. That's I, true. I don't see what else we're supposed to do. We usually record for like an hour and a half, but... <laughs> yeah, but it's only been two minutes. It's only been That's two minutes. How that... Has the recorder That's... stopped or did we not... Do the rest of the show. I think I think we haven't done the entirety of the show. Oh, Just whoops. like last time. Wow. Welcome to Oldie But A Goodie. This may be a little confusing if it's your first time here. But we did the end at the start because it's a funny reversal. Because last time we did a, we did an episode of Beverly, Hop, Be- Beverly Cop Hills. It um, didn't go so well. Yeah, we ran out of time and we couldn't do the review. Mm. Also, my door's open. I'm just going to go close that. You, you can, uh, you can fill for a second while I'm closing my door. All right, easy, easy. So, uh, obviously, last time uh, we we managed to screw up the timing again. So we we have to make sure that this time that we don't do anything like that. Which is why uh, this time we're being extra careful to go through all the steps. Which is what I did just then. I went through the main steps. Yeah, you said. Uh, Patreon, uh, two episodes a month, uh, Mortal Kombat reviews out now. Oh yeah, the Mortal Kombat review. Gotta mention that. Two, two bonus episodes of the Mortal Kombat. I think that's all you mentioned, and that's all you needed to mention. They were the only steps. Yeah, that's all I needed to mention. Really? Yep. yep. Excellent. We should probably review it though, right? I guess so. Have you said our names? Oh, no, I forgot to do that. Okay. Welcome to Oldie But A Goodie. <laughs> it's Sandro, my co-host, and me, Zach. Yes. We're reviewing Beverly... Hills, cop, two, two, annihilation. (laughs) (laughs) And on the show, we always review movies from 1987 in the order they came out in... Okay, that's the intro. Was there anything else we missed? Oh, first impressions. Oh, we haven't talked about, like, what we thought of the movie. Oh, yeah, we should probably do that in our podcast about reviewing movies. Maybe. (laughs) 
Maybe, maybe, maybe. Probably the least important bit, I'd feel. Mm. I thought it was fun. I enjoyed it. What did you think? I did. This ain't it, Chief. Nope, not a fan. Really? Okay. Not a fan. You're not a fan? You didn't get the ha-has, the chuckles? Well, I was laughing for maybe 20 minutes until I realised Mm. that all the jokes were the same joke over and over again. And Mm. I just started getting annoyed. Yeah, well, he does do the bamboozle joke. A lot. A lot. A lot. But I thought that was the idea, was the repetition, and that was sort of his thing, was that he was going around bamboozling, and that's how he, and that's how he rolls. And, Um, yeah, well, because, like, with the first one, I thought it was really funny, but I didn't really care about the plot. In this one, the plot's even worse, I think. I think that really tanked it a little bit for me. Let's, let's bring up the first movie in here and do a little quick, quick, quick comparison to, uh, express my thoughts properly. Yeah. First one, really good. Glad we did a full episode on that. You should check it out, our 100th episode. Mm. But this one suffers from sequelitis. It suffers from sequelitis, and it also suffers from Eddie Murphy's ego, which we'll get into later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a sequel. So already you're, you start in the shadow of the first movie, which was really good. Yeah. So they have to live up to that, which it doesn't. As a sequel, it also, it's missing plot. Mm-hmm. Plot's kind of all over the show. But saying that, it felt like instead of a movie, this was another episode in a television series. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Uh, I quite liked the first one. So it was was continuing on from the first one, some of the jokes and other things for the characters that I quite liked. So I actually uh, mostly enjoyed it for the most part. But I still think it's quite a lot lesser than its first. Yeah episode yeah the first one for me i don't know what it is about like crime comedies but like it was the same with the mask it just the the story is just not interesting to me at all wow Um, like with the first one the thing with the first one though though is that it's really funny like the first one's yes genuinely very funny whereas yeah Mm. with this one i didn't find it too funny and I didn't really care about anything that was happening. I did like um, the guy that, that thought he was an action hero, though. I thought that was very funny for the entirety of the film. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. Well, it, it just gets increasingly more concerning, the weapons that <laughs> yeah. this guy has on him. It goes from, like, a knife to, a, to, a, to like, a, a, like, a heavy pistol to double shotguns and a trench coat <laughs> to... Yeah. And finally... A bazooka. Uh, yeah. Um, yep. Which is uh, incredible. Yeah, that was a good line. Again, I think if this movie had just been crafted a little bit better with more a more cohesive plot, I think it would have been a better movie. It was just the, the plot kind of truckers on no matter what the characters are doing. It really, it really does. To the point where it's like, there's not much plot for maybe the first hour. And then after that, it goes really, really hard on the plot, and it's going to take us quite a while to get through the back end of the movie, I think, because just a lot happens. Really? And they get a lot of clues all at once, and they're just, like, running around everywhere. I don't know. That's kind of what I found, anyway. Fair enough. Fair enough. But yeah, we'll get to that. I'm also pretty interested to see what you think about the behind the scenes uh, about this movie as well. Cause, um, yeah, yeah, I'm interested now. Now that you've mentioned it, I'm, I'm very curious. Yeah, stuff did happen. But before we get into that, your other options this week, you had three other options. 
Uh, one is an entry into a franchise, the Ernest franchise. It's Ernest Goes to Camp, about a guy who has to take care of a bunch of child criminals and save a camp from land developers or something. Yep. Pass. I think it's the second Ernest movie. Oh, okay. It's one of them. Ernest Goes to Jail is apparently <laughs> quite funny. Okay, yeah, no, that does sound quite funny. You also had the Chipmunk Adventure, animated album, and the Chipmunks movie about hot air racing and also diamond smuggling. Yeah, not the live action version, as some some people would lead you to believe. Um, it was just Mel. Mel's the only person who thought that. Check out our last episode. Yay! And then also Master Blaster, which was the paintball tournament, uh, but someone is using real bullets movie. Which sounded amazing. <laughs> and maybe was the better choice here, but I really wanted to... I think it was appropriate that we yes. review the entirety of Beverly Hills Cop 2 and, mm. not, and have our first one out in the ether as well. Yes. And uh, people can enjoy the fact that we, we've we gone in-depth on this movie. Mm. So what um, I might do is I might do like an emergency Patreon poll maybe this week to see whether or not you want American Ninja 2 or Master Blaster as the next bonus episode. Mm, mm. Or a bonus battle between both of them. Probably not if that, though. you can find Master Blaster. I, I, yeah, I found a copy. Oh, you did, you did manage to? Very hard to track down. <laughs> yeah. That is unsurprising. Uh, when was this released? I don't actually have the day it was released. At some point in May. In 1987. Whoa. I would guess. Because that's what the year we're doing. Yeah, May 20th. May 20th. There you go. Yeah. And so we are we are ancient time travellers going to the movies. Wow. I could, wow. I'm going to spend a shilling on a bag of popcorn. What? Okay. Yeah, because it was cheap back then. The accent is like, where are you from? <laughs> what? 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 What's wrong with the accent? It's like oldie. But a goodie. Oh, but a goodie. <laughs> ah. Whoa. Whoa. And, and we're joined by Sean Connery in the studio. Wow. Yes, I was meant to be in the I, third Beverly Hills Cop movie, but uh, stuff happened. We'll talk about it. Yeah, wow. Uh, but you're also young yes. as well, because this is the 1987, so you're you're yes. kind of a sexy Bond villain. I almost killed my wife through domestic violence, and I'm Sean Connery. Ooh. What a good person. Yikes. <laughs> good Bond, though. Yeah, good Bond, though. <laughs> uh, it's directed by Tony Scott. He directed Top Gun. Dead silence. <laughs> I don't know. Is Top Gun a good movie? Not really, but he directed it, so... Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I don't know. I can't even remember. I don't know if I've seen Top Gun. <laughs> it's whatever. It's a, it's a yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, he also directed the, the uh, Tarantino-written movie True Romance, which uh, the only reason anyone remembers that movie is because Tarantino wrote it. Yep. Um, so that's good. He's also Ridley, Ridley Scott's brother, the guy that made Alien and Blade Runner. So. Whoa. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Filmmaking in the family. We, is Top Gun 2 out yet? Who knows? Who cares? So, so this movie's yeah. co-written. <laughs> it's co-written, <laughs> produced, and stars Eddie Murphy. Funny man. Here's how it went down. The first film was a big success. Of course. They went up to Eddie Murphy and were like, Eddie Murphy, do a second film. No, 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 actually. They were like, Eddie mm -hmm. Murphy, let's make a TV show out of the film that you just did. Mm. And he was like, no. Ah, so I was right. Yep. So you were right. Mm -hmm. So he was like, no, but I'll make a second film. Oh. 
And so they were like, cool, we'll set it in Paris. And he was like, no, I'm not traveling out of the, my country. What? What? They were like, we'll film in other parts of the world. And he was like, no, I'm a big star now. Uh-huh. Not going to be traveling outside of the country. Why didn't he want to leave the country, though? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. That's so weird. He's literally getting, like, a paid vacation to France mm. or Paris. And also would have made a cooler movie, I feel. I mean, it wouldn't have made it any sense being called Beverly Hills Cop, but it's set in Paris. <laughs> but, you know. Well, may- maybe they called it something different. Like, Paris Cop. Paris Cop. Paris Cop. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know any provinces of France, so I can't off the, off the top of my head. I don't know. La Pouquette Cop. La... Actually, that sounded Italian. That was very Italian. Hey, that would have been good. Him in Italy on one of those little scooters going between the streets. Oh, would have been great. But yeah, no, it's really no. interesting because, like, he didn't do many movies in between this one and the, like, first one. He was, like, mainly doing stand-up at the time. And he went on to make some really good movies after this. It's just interesting that it kind of feels like parts of... I don't know, like, parts of his ego kind of got in the way of this movie a little yeah, bit. Yeah, Maybe, weird. I'm not sure. Yeah. Because he's, like, heavily involved in all of uh, the producing side of things. He was paid half of the budget, or maybe, maybe like a third of the budget, to even just be in it. And uh, as I mentioned before, it feels like an episode. That's probably because they took their <laughs> scripts from a TV series that they were going to make and put it into a movie. Maybe. Boom. Yeah. Figured it out. Uh, further with the rest of the cast, though, there's Judge Reinhold as Billy Rosewood, who is that action hero guy we were talking about earlier. Uh, he was in Gremlins and then also the three Santa Claus movies. So we've seen him around quite a bit. I love this guy. He's great. He's really good. He, he's fantastic in everything he's in. He's just great. And in this one, he's he's uh, hinted at as a complete psycho, <laughs> yeah. which is fantastic. It's <laughs> very funny. I love his like house with his just plants <laughs> and how that sort of emphasizes he's a little bit Mm. You know, a little bit not there. Yeah. I feel like... Is there a third movie? Yep, yeah, there is. I feel like they need him to go crazy at one point, and he's the villain. That would, that would be amazing. Uh, there's also John Ashton, who plays Sergeant John Taggart, um, who hasn't done too mm. much else, but he was in Little Big League, which was that baseball movie we did in our first yep. year of the show, so he was in that. Uh, the villain is played by Jürgen Prochnow, who's a German actor. He was in Das Boot. He was also Leto in Dune. Huh. Um, he's he's a pretty generic villain, man. There's so many villains in this movie. Yeah, because they had a cast of villains for a season or two of uh, some sort of... Um, weekly episode-based series. I don't know what you would call that. Um, And then they mushed them all into a movie. Mm. As you can tell, because the uh, first lady that we're introduced to, her villain arc, is way more interesting than the main villain. I think you're referring to Carla, a.k.a. that tall person. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) That's Bridget Nielsen. She's from Rocky IV and Creed II. And yeah, she's a way more interesting villain than anyone else in this movie. She looks sweet. I love, I love the the like 
slicked back hair and glasses villain look. That's sick. She looks sick. She's good. Uh, there's a bunch of other cameos as well. Gilbert Gottfried is in there as an accountant. He's the parrot from Aladdin. Um, so he's there for a bit. He's the parrot from Aladdin! Yeah. Uh, there's also Hugh Hefner, the guy that made the Playboy magazine. He's in this for some reason. Maybe he yes. sponsored the movie. I, I, who knows? Who knows? Yeah, it's interesting because this is an R-rated movie. It is. It doesn't feel like it should be, but it is. No. It feels like they could have just cut the blood and the boobs mm. at one point, And they could have made this an M. Yep. Just just so they had a wider... I don't know why this is rated R, you know? Well, the first one was R, mainly R because of uh, swearing. Yeah, well, there you Like, go. swearing's yep. the only thing that really made it R, it seems. Well, I think there was boobs. In the first one? In that one as well, right? Uh, maybe there was. Yeah. This isn't the first time they've been in a strip club, Sartre. <laughs> it's true, actually, I remember yeah. from the first one, that was a very distinct moment. Uh, also, Chris Rock is in this as his first ever credited movie appearance, so that was cool. He was there as a valet, and I was like, it's Chris Rock! Oh! Like, it's me, the guy from Madagascar, and also other things. Oh, he was the, the valet. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah! I remember him! I remember him! Because he, he's the one with the, um, where he has to park the... The, the cement co- mixer? Yeah, cement mixer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he has to park the cement truck, and he's like... I get paid for Lamborghinis, I get paid for, you know, limousines, these are the flat rates. What the hell is the yeah. flat rate for a for a, a cement mixer? Uh. And he's like, and Eddie Murphy's like, here's 50 bucks, park it next to the Lamborghini. Yeah, that was good. That was his first ever appearance, which is quite funny. Uh, reception is 47% on Rotten Tomatoes, audience score of 57 which is interesting. I think that's a pretty big drop off from the first one. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Which is fair. 83 for the first one, yeah. Uh the cost of this was uh 27 million. 8 of that went to Murphy. He he made a lot of money from this movie. Yep, I bet he did. What do you think it made? So, what was the overall cost? He made 8 million. Yep, but it cost 27. 27. Wow, that yeah. is expensive. Well, the first one made was it like 3? Yeah, the first one made $315 million. <laughs> yeah, very, very, like, good profits on that one. Yeah. So, looking at that, uh, I'm going to say 50 mil Ooh. is my guess. Times that by five and call me Aunt Whoa. Murphy. Whoa, this one, very successful. 500 mil? 276.5 million. I can't math. Anyway, continue. <laughs> Wait a minute, I just typed it by d- 10, not 5. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, no, it, it made money, it made money. Alright, there's two taglines according to IMDB, gotta pick your favourite. First one, the heat's back on. Garbage, moving on. Really bad. <laughs> Axel Foley's back, where he doesn't belong. Ooh, that one's better. I, I like that one better, because it's better than the first one. <laughs> The heat's back on. The heat's back on. What does that even mean? That could apply to anything. Have they turned on the oven? Have they cranked up the eternal heating? Is it? Is it? Is it summer? I have no idea. What? What does that mean? The other one as well. Axel Foley's back, but like where he doesn't belong. Well, he doesn't belong. He doesn't belong in Beverly Hills. Hills. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Look, he's back where he doesn't belong. But uh, I, I like that one so far. All right. 
Uh, what are the other ones? That's it. Just those two. What? <laughs> they only had two taglines and that was it? Yep. Yeah, the second one's better, I guess. What's one I could make up? Eddie Murphy stars as a cop who's in Beverly Hills. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> No, 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 you got that one. Uh, Eddie Murphy makes eight million on a film he doesn't give a shit about. <laughs> yeah, that one makes more sense. That one's a little bit better. <laughs> we'll talk about the movie. It opens just like The Dark Knight with a bank heist, except, no, with a jewellery store heist, actually. It opens with a heist. Yes. Heisting of valuable items. Mostly jewellery. Yep. Um, where we where we first introduced to the real main villain, which is tall lady, <laughs> yep. uh, sexy, sexy, very blindingly white lady. They rob the place. Yep, that's the intro. <laughs> she pulls out a gun. Uh, they're like, <laughs> they take all the money and they leave a uh, calling card mm. with uh, uh, a letter on it. A yeah, the alphabet. Uh-huh. They're the alphabet bandits, so they leave, like, notes with codes and, like, a letter of the alphabet on top of it. Yeah. I believe the codes... I'm going to skip ahead right to the end. Um, The codes that they're leaving are setting up one of their boss people to take the fall. Yeah, the bad guy's plan is, um... It mostly works. Yeah, I mean, if it weren't for Foley, it would have been fine, right? Yeah, probably. So then we cut to Eddie Murphy in his uh, hot red Ferrari that he bought f- with his $8 million. Actually, before we get to that, we've got to talk about the opening credits sequence. Because uh, number one, he feeds his fish with just a slice of bread. How could I forget that? He gives his fish a slice of bread. I'm so glad you brought that up. Mm. I wrote that down as well. Yeah. What? What? His fish are going to die. Bread, they're yep. either not going to eat the bread, starve to death, or two, they're going to eat the bread and it's going to cause them indigestion problems because they're fish. Mm-hmm. They can't eat bread. They can't eat bread. Or or the fish is going to be swimming underneath the bread. The bread's going to get soggy and it's going to smother the fish. No, it's going to smother the fish. Eddie Murphy, you fish-murdering fiend. Fish-murdering fiend. I also want to bring up the fact that uh, his name is in the opening credits quite a bit, but there's one shot where he's mm. putting on his pants, and we see produced by Eddie Murphy, and it, it's in the place of his of his groin. Yep. So that was funny. Yeah, it was weirdly, weirdly sensual. Weirdly placed. Dressing scene. Really yep. weirdly placed font, and the the whole sequence, I was like, is this meant to be a joke? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but his name's in front of... Um, but, uh... Maybe that's what he puts on his Tinder, you know? He just has the opening sequence. <laughs> so, uh, you know, people can know what he's all about. Why does he show them the second one and not the first one? Well, he just wants to show them the intro so he oh, can show them, you know, yeah. what he's all about. That's true. You know what I'm saying? So this guy's deal at the moment is that he uses the police station he works at in Detroit to pay for fancy cars and fancy suits. Yep. And then he does a little bit of work trying to uh, trying to catch criminals out. See, that's the thing. It's like, is he meant... Because the character of Axel is meant to be, like, a bit of a... I don't know what he is. Because in the first one, he was, like, a bit of an idiot. But you're like, oh, he's cool. He's pranking people. But he's also, like, wants to do good. 
In this movie, it's just kind of like, oh, he's just a prankster out of control. Who gave him a job? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? That's the thing. I feel like uh, now with his proven uh, capability of, you know, arresting criminals and doing all these things, mm. he's just sort of abusing that uh, credit that he's got from the first movie to get all this money. Which, in many ways, is what Eddie Murphy was doing with this movie. Uh, mm. <laughs> it all comes back around. I like him a lot. I don't know why I'm so down on him this episode. Yeah, well, well, well it's very really funny. shitty on Eddie Murphy. Yeah, no, he's great. He probably deserved the money. Good on him. Yeah. So, he's working with this one dude. I don't know what the dude's name is. No one cares. It's a bad guy. He's, he's hustling this bad guy. He's like... I need uh, 2,000 credit card, you know, forged credit cards, that sort of thing. Yeah. And even by the end of the night, uh, like, in, like, three hours, and the guy's like, what the fuck, three hours? And I've got this bag of cash, and he's like, bag of cash? Massive bag. I've got a bag of cash right here. Meet me in three hours. And he's like, all right, you go to this location. I'll meet you there, that sort of thing. Then he goes to the police station. Yeah, just very quickly, goes to the police station. Oh, we see um uh, the guy, the other undercover cop guy. Eddie Murphy doesn't like him very much. He's very annoying. We get the line where, yeah, the guy is annoying Eddie Murphy, and Eddie Murphy is like, I'm so close to shooting you right now, which I was like, uh, for a line to come out of a cop's mouth, that's, uh, that's aged well. <laughs> yep. Um, so, uh, over in Beverly Hills, Mm. we see the chief of police or whatever he is, is he's investigating the alphabet crimes, the ones we saw at the start. He's, he's, he's in deep now. He's discovering all these things. He's, he's investigating this oil field. Oh, I wonder if that will come back right at the very end of the movie. He's got a cutout um, for a strip club that... Oh, I wonder if we'll visit there at some point in the movie. We will, and it will have almost no impact on the story whatsoever. Then he comes back to the police station. They have uh, a long chat where it's revealed that our favourite character... He called like, the FBI or something about it? Yeah, he called the FBI... And their boss, I, I don't know what his title would be. Well, he, he's the actual chief of police, I think. I don't know what the other guy is. Oh, he's probably the captain then. He's probably the captain. Captain, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the chief of, of police is like, how dare you call the FBI? Yeah. To quote directly the film. And they're like, well, it's not really that bad. He just called the FBI. I mean, what are, what are, what are you going to do? It's not It's not really why you got to be so grumpy all the time. You're fired. You can't fire him. I authorize. I'm backing my... My cop. Uh, you're also fired. What? <laughs> Nani? <laughs> you can't fire me. I'm the head of police thing. All I did was back up a cop's decision. Uh, why, fired, why are you such fired. a... Fired. So fired. <laughs> yeah, so it turns out this uh, thing, uh, the head of police is a real dick. Mm. Just throughout this movie and an incompetent idiot. It's, it's almost like Axel Foley, uh, he... He won over the hearts of of uh, the police department in the first film. That the writers were like, "Oh, we need someone else that he needs to win over." Yeah, which is really weird. I feel like you could have you could have done something else. Yeah, 
But um, they just did the first movie, but worse. Yep. I liked the mayor, though. Yeah, the mayor... Well, the, the, yeah. Because the mayor <laughs> makes sense when he's like, Hey, you're kind of abusive. Yeah. You're fired. Yeah. This is at the end. So the captain gets fired. And he's like, oh man, that's such a bummer. I'm going to drive home. <laughs> he drives home. But he sees a lady on the side of the road. Oh yes. my gosh, her car's broken down. Oh, no. Hello, hello, ma'am. How can I help you today? I don't know why I'm southern. Howdy. Well, my car has broken down. <laughs> what? what was that? Yep. Yes, sir. <laughs> wow, you're... Your accent, little lady's a little strange, but that's all right. I'm willing to help you out. Let's pull up my sleeves. I Let's... don't have anything to pay you with. Maybe we can work something out. Whoa, this got <laughs> weird all of a sudden. Who are you exactly? Oop, uh, no one. All right, anyway, I'm going to have a look at this engine here. Wow, this this engine is full of uh, notes telling me that I'm about to die. That's so weird. Bam! What is with the... Oh, crap, I've been bamboozled. <laughs> What's this? You have a note from the alphabet uh, bandits? Yep. Wow. I should have really saw saw this one coming. Ha ha. I sound a little bit like Miss Piggy now. <laughs> yeah. Your accent is all a... Uh, uh. And so he's shot. Yep. Um, that's exactly how it happened. That's how that scene went. It was really odd. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's very strange. So he, he gets shot. But not killed. He's he's just out of action for the entirety of the movie. Yes. I'm glad that they didn't kill this character. He's just out of action for the entire movie till the end where he can congratulate Foley. Axel's watching the news? Yes. So he goes to the uh, criminal's hideout where they have a television set up. And he sees on the news that his friend has been shot um so he just wants to get out of there because he wants to go um investigate that so he comes out bumps into the criminals he was meeting up with oh hey the criminal has brought uh his brother which just so happens to be the first criminal from the first movie and that guy's like oh my god you're the guy that cost me that fortune in cigarettes and whatever and axel Foley's like hey you're the guy that was a cop this was funny. I liked this scene. Yes, this was good. Because, yes. uh, yeah, 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 this is good because it brings back the first one where they're like, well, hey, I know you. Last time we spoke, we got busted and uh, Foley flips the script on him. You know, it's like he's accusing him of being yeah. a cop. You're the cop. In fact, he calls him a pig. He calls him a pig, which, of course, as we know, is a uh, yeah. nickname for cops. Bit rude. Smelly pigs. But the thing is, the thing is, cop can't uh, can't arrest you for calling them a pig. They can hurt you, though. Yeah, I was about to say, I feel like I'm still not going to say that to a cop. Also, I, I want to know how much of this script mm. Eddie Murphy follows. Because he's always, like... Stopping halfway through sentences or like misspeaking mm. and, and then like moving on to another topic or something. Yeah, I feel like um, he's just going through these takes and riffing. Yeah. And then he's like, I liked that one. We'll go with that one sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. Which is which is fine. But that's probably why, yeah, after about 20 to 30 minutes, I started to find it not as funny because it's all just him doing that mm. to random characters over and over again. Uh, well, yes, so this is the first of many just, like, he's bamboozling people. Yeah. He just talks his way out of all his problems, which 
is just how he deals with things. So I'm actually more okay with it, but they do just keep repeating it yeah. over and over. I don't know. Maybe I was uh, maybe I was out of it enough to uh, get get through it, but I I thought it was fun. I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it whenever he did it because I'm like, oh, here we go. This is his talent. This is how he cops. He's just bamboozling people. It's bamboozles. And I found it more interesting than a lot of the rest of the movies. So, <laughs> it's you know. true. Um, he goes back to the, the Detroit police station, and the captain there doesn't like him. Yep, doesn't like him at all. Just like just like the first movie. Yep. Um, he has some fantastic quotes. Oh boy, does he! <laughs> just everything he said is beautiful. Um, I don't know what you've written down, but I've got. Uh, don't think, Axel. It makes my dick itch. I wrote that one down as well. <laughs> yep. <laughs> because that was wow. It's a good line. Um, now I know that you probably shouldn't take financial or legal advice from me, but you can mm-hmm. take medical advice, and if that's happening to you, yes, you should go and see fine. a doctor. Correct. Uh, the other one I've written down is uh, just as he leaves, he says, uh, "Don't don't worry, boss. I'm on the job." And he replies, "That's what I'm afraid of." <laughs> yep. <laughs> That was good. Yeah, he's got to go deep undercover. So undercover that, you, that you're not even going to know how deep undercover he really is. You're going to think he's not undercover at all. But no, he's deep yep. undercover. It's good lines. Good lines. He um, gets his friend to drive the Lamborghini around just to make it look like he's working. Drive the Lamborghini around and pick up people. Did he say pick up people? Well, he was like, if you drive the Lamborghini around, you know, what's her face? We'll get in, we'll get get in the car with you. I was like, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. But, like, I don't think he specifically said to go pick up people, though. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure his friend, quotation marks, decides to do that on his own. Anyway, the friend crashes the... <laughs> Crashes the car at some point. Oh, yeah, yeah. Near the end, he crashes the uh, yeah Lamborghini because, of course, he does. Oh, what, what was a... it Lamborghini or Ferrari? It was a Ferrari. Sorry, it was a Ferrari. He goes to Beverly Hills, where um, uh, he he sees a house uh, being constructed. Yep. And so he uh, he goes over, asks one of the guys. I like how he did this though. There's a little bit of setup. He asks the um, construction worker, like, who lives here? What are they doing? And he replies, oh, it's the the Andersons. They're on holiday. And uh, he's like, okay, where's the where's the foreman at least? And so he's pointed to the foreman. And then he runs up and is like, stop all the work, stop all the work. And uh, they all are like, huh? And the foreman's like, what are, what are you talking about? And he's like, this is all wrong. This is all wrong. Mm. Didn't you talk to the Andersons before they left to the holidays? Yeah, there's meant to be new plans. The house isn't meant to have any right angles. Yes, which was very funny. I like this as well, yeah. Because there was a moment where he was like, it's not your fault. The house is perfect. Aside from being square, the house is perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is, which is, yeah, yeah, yeah. He he bamboozles these inspector guys, but I feel like they could easily just call up. Well, no mobile phones. No, 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 but still telephones, right? I don't know. I feel like the movie allowed him to bullshit his way into this house more than anything. Definitely. Although he does have a cop badge, right? Yeah, he has a cop badge, but it's not like it's a badge for Detroit. He always like covers it up so that you don't really see it. You know, he he does that whole thing. So, so he he does have the authority of a cop at least, so they know that. So yes, so there's a, a little bit more forgivable, but uh, I think that's a, a general problem. 
I, I wished in this movie someone had just looked past his initial bullshit. <laughs> someone had like, just called yeah. him out. Yeah, someone called him out. That would have been good. There are stickier situations where he has to continue bullshitting to get his way out, but you know. Well, yeah, like the one where he's in the the in the uh, Beverly Hills uh, police station, and the chief of police comes in and is like, "Who are you?" And Eddie Murphy's like, "I'm Johnny Wishbone, psychic phenomenon." That's not the accent he does, but I'm not going to do the accent because, oh boy. Yep, that was the one where I started to get a little bit tired of. <laughs> yeah, no, that one that one was definitely less strong than the other ones. Although, still, still, uh, all right, again. For me, it was just like, oh, that's just another part of this movie, as it wasn't a very long scene. No. It's just how he got out of it. Although, yeah, we, um, we do get the line after that where, um, yeah, he's just reunited with the guy from the Santa Claus and also the other cop, the sergeant, and the sergeant is like, oh, I don't know if I can go off and do this job with you. I've got a wife and two kids. One of the other two are like, oh, you've got two kids. No, not a wife and two kids, just two kids. And he responds with, shut up, she might come back. I was like, that's pretty funny. Yep. Because the it's arc great. of the arc of his character is that his wife has left him again, just like the last film. Yep. <laughs> yep. But Eddie gets a shell casing from the evidence room. Yes. It's like, well, this is a, a super refined cartridge, you know, these are very rare. We'll just go to the, you know, the people that are really good with guns. So he go they go over to the shooting range. And this is the most ridiculous bullshitting that he does. And I don't know how he gets away with this. He, borrow, he borrows road pills, which come in a paper bag. Yes. And then he enters this club. He, he gets some water from a wine bucket. Mm-hmm. Just like cold, cold water to splash himself so it looks like he's sweating. Yep. And then he, he pretends to slowly walk in with a paper bag... And then he sets it down on on the counter with a secretary. And she's like, Ayo, what's this? And he's like, it's a, it's a heat-seeking missile. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Yeah. What? That's know. not what? I don't know. No. Yeah, and also, like, he's always like, oh, if you sneeze, it's going to go off. I mean, it's not noise-sensitive. And also, that would imply that, like, any sort of safety that might be on it is off. Like, these things usually have safeties because they're carried around in cars and trucks. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, what? Well, what? (laughs) You mean, how did you not... Okay, there's a loud bang as a truck, you know, backfires when you're walking down the street. You're dead. Yeah. It goes off, right? Like, his story is so unbelievably weak for this one scene... But because movie, it has to succeed, right? Yeah. So she, so he does this to gain entry to the club and also uh, to find out where the guys he wants to meet are. And so she tells him where they are. But then he continues up the ruse and he's like, oh, but what's in it for me? Mm. Why can't I just leave it with you? <laughs> Yeah, no, oh my god. He even, like, continues this bamboozle, and at this point, if I'm the lady, I'm like, alright, you're you're just a con artist, you know? Yeah, but he gets $20 out of her, <laughs> so great. So, so he, she's like, here's $20, take the missile away, you know? And I was like, oh my god. So this was definitely the weakest bamboozle, I feel. Yeah, it was pretty weak. It was pretty weak. 
he finds out where the guy is, so he goes over, he throws out the pills for no reason. Yeah, he could have just held on to them. Yeah, could have just held on to them, but they we have to have the joke later. He walks into the shooting range and it's just all the bad guys. Yes, which is very <laughs> funny. I love that. Yeah, that he's immediately just found something that traces them. Like, how did the bad guys make this mistake? Well, I think it's because, like, the bad guy who is uh, a Leto from Dune, he's, like, he's the mastermind, but the guy that he's framing for all of this is a bit of an idiot, and I think maybe he bought ammo from the club to the heist instead of just buying some, like, regular ammo that they could have used or something. Yeah, but that's so amateur because it literally the cop's like, hmm, this is a weird case, a shell casing. Yeah. Let, let me take a look at this. All right, we'll go to this gun club. Boom. They've instantly found the bad guys. Mm. So it's such an astronomically bad mistake by the, you know, like they're doing this whole enigma thing where they have a code and they have all this thing. But, like, one guy using the wrong shell casing and boom, they've been found out. Like, this guy should have been killed here rather than later, you know? That's how bad this mistake was. Yeah. The plot's not airtight uh, with this with this thing, unfortunately. It's a bit annoying. Mm. So what Eddie Murphy does is that now that he's seen the faces of all these bad guys, he's like, haha, I've got you. I've got you committed to memory. He also tells them his address. Nothing comes of that. Yeah. Weird, right? That could have been like, an action scene that they cut, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, I think that was definitely cut, because the two cops come over, and I think what was going to happen is the bad guys were going to arrive there, mm. have a shootout with them there or whatever, but they just never did it. They don't. Um, so they go to the strip club after that, because yeah. um, he's poking around the police captain's house, and he finds that, yeah, he's got this thing kind of pointing towards this club. So they all head there. Then there's boobs, and nothing else happens. He orders a $7 cup of Coke, which is very expensive. Even even now, that's very expensive. Yeah. I was like, I was, woof. He was like, I could get blown for $7. Yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, cool, all right. Anyway, they have a shootout as the bad guys roll up as they're leaving. That was good. That was a really good action scene, actually. Yeah, it was really cool. What, why are the bad guys always so incompetent? Because... Uh, Jeez, this was a bad hit. Because, <laughs> like, that's, like, that's what makes some action comedies work really well. Like, the first one, like, Lethal Weapon, is it the bad... Well, uh, a True Lies, as well, is a really good one, where, like... Oh, yeah. The plans and the bad guys are genuinely bad. They're not funny bad. They're bad, and then the cops are the ones making the jokes. Whereas, like, with here, I think they were trying to get comedy from all like, sides. Like, obviously, for the comedy's sake, but, like, God, these these guys had one job. <laughs> yeah. And they, they screwed up so badly because they drive in to shoot them. Uh, they miss, and then they dive to the side. There's a big action scene. But then they, like, they try to leave, and they just start smashing into cars left and right as they're panicking. Yep, and then they flip the car. <laughs> it's like, yeah, okay. I know. It's terrible. I think, yeah, it probably would have made the film better. One of their plan was was a bit better, if the bad guy's plan was better. But also, if the you know, if the bad guys weren't complete idiots. It probably just would have made the film better. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well. It's a good action scene. Because I feel like that in the first one as well, there was a contrast of the the bad guys who were very lethal, very 
you know, methodical mm. uh, enterprise where it was really hard to track him down. But Foley, even though he he portrays himself as a bumbling idiot, yeah, is actually like very smart and is like psychoanalyzing. Like I like that dynamic, but the bad guys feel very incompetent. Cause and there's so many like that's the other thing with the first one as well is. There's so much more, like, structured jokes, because in this it's mainly just Eddie Murphy bamboozling people Mm. and, like, improvised stuff. But in the first one, you've got them climbing up the wall, you've got the banana in the tail, like, pipe, and all that, like, all of that, like, prank stuff, which feels like it was written, not improvised in the take. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which, like, as we saw with, like, Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters 2... Getting somewhere in the middle, I think, is really good. Whereas this just leans way too hard into like the improvisation, and I don't think yeah, it, yeah, yeah, it yeah, works yeah. as well as a movie. Oh well, doesn't doesn't really matter. Um, I mean, no, I mean the scene. Oh yeah, the scene, the, the scene. You're right. Not 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 your criticism. I think that matters quite a bit. Um, <laughs> yeah. The, the the problem was is in fact that the scene doesn't really matter because I don't think we see these two bad guys ever again, do we? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. No, all we get from these two bad guys is the fact that the hit failed. So <laughs> yes. what's this... The, the main bad guy that they're framing, the bad guy's framing bad guy, bad guy, um, is bad guy. <laughs> and... Um, Yo. And that they get the fingerprint... Of yes, one of the hitmen. Yes, they get the fingerprint in the club, uh, which was kind of cool, actually. I quite liked this scene where they go back to Rosewood's house, and the trick Foley uses to uncover the uh, the fingerprint was cool. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. they go back to Foley's house, and he has all these plants everywhere. Mm-hmm. And they're like, "What the? What? Why do you have all these plants?" And he's like, "Oh, yes, they're all my friends." This is this one, this is this one, and he names them, and he's like, oh, if you play different music to them, they different ones grow. You see, if you yes. play Beethoven to these, the begonias, they, they grow massively, but if you play, uh, like, Bach, they, they wilt. But if you play That's... Prince to this one, it'll blossom like a wonderful yeah. plant, but they all like Mozart. Mozart. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> great. That was yep. very good. And then Big Owl. Big Owl, the big turtle. Yes, the turtle. And yeah, this is yeah where we get the trick where he puts... Is it glue? He puts glue in a thing. Glue on uh, some matches that they left behind at the scene of the crime. Yeah, and then he puts that into the turtle's like house thing. It's quite enclosed. So the fumes and the lights and everything kind of come together to reveal the fingerprint, which probably doesn't work in real life, but it's cool. Uh, there's probably something similar, but not not as makeshift as that, yeah. I feel, that they could do. I loved how while they're waiting for the the fingerprint yes. to be re- revealed, Axel goes into uh, the Rosewood's bathroom and just sees, like, six or seven guns strapped to his bathroom door. <laughs> yes. Which <laughs> is great. Uh, and he's like, huh... Yeah, I liked that they sung the dating game theme. Yep. So now that they have got the fingerprint, they run it at the police station, which which means that they've got to break into the police station, which is where, once again, Axel gives them a little bit of a trick into breaking into doors with, like, alarm on them. 
where you use the foil from a chewing gum wrapper to trick the lock into thinking that the magnet thing was never like removed and for a second yeah. i was like wait are they teaching kids how to break into stuff but it doesn't work later on so um no yeah, they aren't yeah. actually teaching kids how to break into houses i mean it might still work if you do it properly sandro maybe might just be rosewood's incompetence did you think of that that's probably true probably true so they they break into the uh the shooting range and they go into the big boss's office yes because the fingerprint led back there foley pulls out like a pocket knife to try and break into a drawer but Mm. his knife breaks Mm. um so rosewood pulls out a switch knife and a large switch knife and clicks it open and hands it to him and they're both like what the (laughs) rosewood very concerning So they they find map coordinates in the drawer. Yeah. Uh, and the map coordinates lead to the Federal Reserve, which is the next yes. place that's going to be hit. And so they, they quickly drive over. Well, what would be considered driving by uh, less astute drivers, more like complete psychopaths on the road. They drive like someone who's just started playing Grand Theft Auto for the first time. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're still figuring out the controls. And I'm like, why do they let Rosewood drive ever? <laughs> he drives like a maniac. He... He's not even that faster than a regular driver because he has to correct himself for all the mistakes he keeps making. Yep. Why doesn't someone else drive? I don't know. Also, he wrecks the car super quickly. Yes. Like, it just stops working in the middle of the road. Almost immediately. Oh, dear. But they, they quickly drive over... Uh, Rosewood pulls out uh, a large pistol <laughs> yep, this time. Yep. Yeah, he's got a large pistol now. And this time, uh, Eddie's like, well, we got to have to have a talk about this. Mm. You know, because first time, uh, what's his face? The other guy has said that. Now, now Eddie says that. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. Yep. That tips off the gang members that it's time to head off, so they all jump into an armoured truck. They don't have any time to take any of the cash, because uh, the alarm goes off way earlier than expected. Yeah. So they hop into the... Uh... Yeah, into the armoured truck and drive off. Axel and Rosewood are like, we've got to get after them. And so they do. In a cement mm. truck. Because Rosewood, the first thing he gets into is a cement truck. Cement truck. And we get a car chase. We get a car chase with a van and a cement truck. One of my favourite jokes of the movie happens at this point where the sergeant, he can't make it to the cement truck in time. So he tries to flag down a civilian's car. And he's like, stop, I'm a, I'm a police officer, I need your car. But they just drive past him and he's like, but I'm a police officer. And he's really sad. <laughs> it was great. Yeah. That was one of my, my favourite jokes. I mean, that's probably what would have happened. Probably. I liked, I got a quote here. Do the brakes work? I don't know, I haven't tried them yet. <laughs> yes. Yeah, which was great. That was good. Um, they reached the van eventually after a long car chase, but all the bad guys have uh, vanished. And there's like tire prints or like footprints or something leading to the Playboy Mansion. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. They head to the Playboy Mansion with uh, the cement truck. And then we have the scene with the, the valet. And he's like, what do I do with the cement truck? You know? Yep, that was funny. That was uh, funny. The way that they con their way into the Playboy Mansion is by being like, we're here to clean the pool. There's a there's a poop in the pool. we got to clean out the poop. <laughs> Which is very dumb. But 
Would make sense. Yeah, I guess. If someone pooped in the pool, you gotta get some cleaners for that. Gotta clean it up. There's so many dick jokes in this scene, it's ridiculous. Because they show in and they're like, oh, it's my compass, it'll show me the way with all these Playboy bottles. It's like, cranky. Yeah, yeah. It just keeps going. It's just, it's a dick joke after, there's one after the other. The bad guy's here at the Playboy mansion, and the cameo from What's-His-Face oh, yeah. is here at Playboy Mansion. The guy that made it all, he's there. He's actually not a bad actor in this scene, which I thought was really interesting. I like I like the way he said, you know, you're, you're gonna have to leave. And yeah. it's like... Um, because Eddie goes up to the main bad guy, and it's like, whoa! Um, and he makes up some name. It's like, you managed to bullshit your way into here as well? That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, that was good. The Playboy guy is like, what's going on here? And he's like, hey, Freddy, we're best friends. We're already best friends. You know, me and my boy over here, we managed to get into your place. You know, we bullshitted our way in here, <laughs> but we love it here. You know, it's like, all right, you guys are going to have to leave. And the other guy is like, well, I'm, I'm a contributor. You know, I, I donate. And he's like... <laughs> And we thank you for that. Now leave. Now leave. So, yeah, while while doing that and making such a scene, Axel managed to pickpocket the bad guy. And uh, he gets uh, the name of him? Like, his, his license? Yeah, his like name, that. and then also a card for the secretary that he uses. And they're like, well, you got to follow the money. We'll go check yep. the money records with the secretary. And the secretary scene is probably the best scene in the movie. Yep. <laughs> what can I do for you? Oh, I can't. Oh, that was bad. It's just um, this because he's he's sort of from New York, sir. What are you doing? I'm the parrot from a land. <laughs> no, it, uh, I cannot do his voice. <laughs> his really... voice is far too iconic. Yeah. Um. He's funny. He's very funny in this. But yes, he's very good. As uh, as they're talking with him, he's like, "You've got twenty three overdue parking tickets. Arrest him!" And he's like, "What?" What? I pay all my parking tickets. And it's like, well, do you own this car, sir? And it's like, that's my wife's car. <laughs> it's under my name, but my wife owns it. <laughs> okay, officer, how about this? How about I give you some information and we'll put it in that hand and then you'll forget about the stuff that's in your other hand. <laughs> <laughs> Which is amazing. That was great. It was so good. It's like, and he's like, what? What are you talking about? Well, if I just put something in this hand. You'll be so occupied with the stuff in this hand, you'll forget about all the stuff in the other hand. That was good. You know? That was very funny. It was great. And um, so he's like, all right, well, then I'm going to need to use your computer just to erase all the stuff in this hand because it's going to take a little bit of time. Yeah. So he uses his computer. He gets uh, information about uh, the bad guy's money stuff. Turns out... Yeah. He's let his insurance lapse on every venue he owns, aside from the racetrack. So it's pretty obvious that he's going to try and get some insurance money out of that racetrack. So all his things have... Uh, the insurance has expired. Except for the racetrack, which he has an extensive yes. insurance policy on. A yes. very expensive one. So it's pretty obvious what he's doing there. Yeah, so it's very obvious that his next hit will be himself. Mm. Oh, and he also owns a bunch of oil company things as well. Yes. Yeah, I still don't understand. This movie doesn't explain why he really needs to steal all this money, though. The mo yeah, it never really explains his plan. I guess his plans were, like his plan was to steal a bunch of money, 
then do the insurance scam on the racetrack, and then go to Columbia? Because he has these bandits that are just stealing lots of money, right? So he does some robberies on random other things to get him, you know, money. Mm. He puts clues to make the cops think it's this other guy who's going to take the fall from him. Yeah. And then he robs his own racetrack, gets the money from robbing it, and then gets the big insurance money. So his yeah. plan makes sense, but it's like, why does he need to do this? Like, why? I, don't I guess know. he's just a generic bad guy and wants lots of money. He's just generic bad guy wants money. I think that's it. Yeah. And then we also see anyway. in the scene, yeah, where the bandits are hitting the racetrack. They get all of the money uh, that the tall lady. Um, she shoots the two accomplices. Yeah, yeah. So um, she shoots the guy at the fall guy, which I quite liked because it's this incompetent dude. So they're, they're taking the fall and all the clues that they've been leading up to actually... Uh, yeah, you know. the, the, they all point to him. Yeah. So, yeah, they framed that guy, but also killed that guy um, so that he can't be like I was framed. And, uh, and yeah, the, the bad lady and the bad guy are going to go to another, the, the, another country or something. And get out of there. But first they got to go to the, the oil fields. And that's where things get a bit messy. Um. Oh, there's that rain. Yeah, it's, it's really starting to pour outside, which is great for recording. Oh, well. It's the end. Um, yeah, it's the end. If you made it this far, you got to finish off this episode anyway, so it doesn't <laughs> gotcha, matter if there's crappy, in. Crappy, crappy rain in the background. <laughs> ah, audio quality, dab. They go to this oil field, they uh, knock out a truck driver. This is the worst bamboozle in the whole film. It's terrible. I'm from the Rap Music Coalition. You like rap music, don't you? What? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's on purpose, though, because... All he needs to be doing is pointing a gun at this other guy. Yeah. That's all that really matters. And so he's like, I'm from the rap collision. Let's, let's start rapping together. <laughs> and it's like, well, what is happening? <laughs> what is um, then they knock him out. Then they reveal inside the truck is actually loads of guns. Yeah, guns and so a- explosives and RPGs. And Rosewood's like, oh, I haven't got one of these. <laughs> So they they snoop around a bit more. They find the boss. They go to sneak in. So uh, Foley goes round the back. Or yeah, it is. yeah. He goes around the side while they try to get in through a window. While Rosewood uh, go goes to the window and gets the does the gum trick that we saw earlier. But as he does this, Foley gets captured mm. for a second. And the alarm gets set off as well because he doesn't do it right. And then all hell breaks loose. It's just a massive gunfight that, again, is pretty well done. Yeah, it's good. It's good. I think the director's really good with the action here. Uh, the woman comes around from the back and she's like, haha, time to die, Mr. Foley. Mm. But Mr. Police Sergeant Bang. shoots her dead. And then he says the line, ah, women... And I was like, oh, <laughs> that's not good. Yeah. It's very, um, yeah, not... <laughs> not not all women. Not all women are a seven-foot-tall blonde women that are working for an evil yeah. corporation and murder people, you know? That was just a... Let, let's say, not all women. Not all. Not Yeah, it was a weird... That was a really weird line to say after... Yeah, anyway... <laughs> yeah. Um, Rosewood, he uses the RPG to blow up a truck. That was cool. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, 
he's like reading the instruction manual and going, ooh, whenever he does something, yeah. when it clicks out. The police rock up. The police sergeant's there and he's like, what is all this crap? You guys are supposed to be off duty. You all suck. I hate you. We solved this crime ages ago. What are you guys doing mm. at this place? And then uh, then they yell back at him. Uh, Rosewood yells back at him, tells yeah. him to shove it up his ass. Which was good, which was good. Solid stuff. And then the, pre- uh, the mayor's there and he's like, you know what? Uh, these guys are great. You failed as a police chief. You're fired. And he's like, what? Oh, but... Oh, sorry, I was just really heated at the moment. Please don't fire me. Don't don't be like that. Don't like, do it, nope, sir. You're fired. You're fired. Get out of here. And then Axel turns to his two friends and is like, wow, you kept telling him, you know, shove it up his ass and stuff. Wow, you get more and more like me every day. Oh, no. Tomorrow, oh, you're going no. to be walking around with <laughs> with afros and, and big dicks. <laughs> it's like, what? Yeah. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Wow. So now uh, the police captain who's been out of action for the entire movie is the chief. They call up They call up the, the back at base. All is forgiven. The Ferrari's wrecked. Oh, the, the sergeant's wife's gotten back together with him because uh, she was staying with her mum, but her mum didn't have cable. And that's just <laughs> like, yeah, oh, she came back to your cable. Am I right? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah. And, uh, and uh, at the end, uh, Fol- Foley gives the police... Uh, the keys to the house that he stole and drives off just as the the people who own the house come back from the holidays and are like, hey, yo, what's with the state of the house? Why isn't it complete? <laughs> and that's the movie. And that's the end of the movie. What, what are you going to rate it? Is it an oldie or is it a goodie? You're, you're going to give it an oldie, right? It's not like we revealed this at the start of the episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure I'm going to give it a goodie. Okay. It's definitely nowhere near as good as the first. But it's like it's like a 55 for me, you know? It's like a, a 60, maybe. Yeah, right on that line. It'd be a, it'd be a 59, because I don't want to give it a 60. It's It's so far from the first one. But it's still got some good jokes and other things, and I was entertained to watch it. I probably wouldn't watch it again. Yeah. But I would recommend it to people if they watch the first one and really like that one. Okay. You know? Go watch the first one, though. Go listen to our 100th episode. We review it. Uh, we so... re- <laughs> review it in depth. Yeah. All right, so a goodie from you. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give this one an oldie, I think. Yeah, that's fair. That's, that's very fair. Like, it's... going over it. I, I may my, I may have had a drink or two beforehand, so I was well and entertained, but, like, the quality of the jokes was just a lot less, I feel. Yeah. Uh, on average. Yeah, a lot of it's the improvised stuff. There were some pretty funny things in there, and I like Eddie Murphy's improvised style. It's just, I don't know. When paired with, like, a plot, it didn't really work as well, and the story itself, I, 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 just, I just don't, I just don't care. Yeah, well, you you specifically don't. Yeah, you specifically not a fan of cop films either, or like. I, that, I like style. some of them. I mean, I don't know if Die Hard. That's not a comedy, but that's a good one. Like, um, oh, I don't the, know. There's good comedy moments in it, though. Yeah, that's the thing. It's not a comedy. It's an action adventure. I really like um, the Nice Guys. Is a great. Uh, buddy cop comedy lethal mm. weapon the first one of this is obviously great as well the first beverly mm. hills cop i liked how googling beverly hills for beverly hills cop comes up with so much garbage that is named after beverly hills 
Who gives a crap about Beverly Hills? Isn't there a movie called Beverly Hills Chihuahua? Yeah, Beverly, there was like, there was a Beverly Hills TV series of Beverly Hills things. I don't know. It was crazy. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. LA, man. Don't know what to tell you. The city of... Yep. <laughs> <laughs> wow, great joke. All right, it's an oldie and a goodie for that one. Uh, add and remove. What are you going to add? What are you going to remove? I would add uh, probably... Hmm. hmm. What did I say earlier? Yeah, I would add the bad guys being a bit more competent and fleshed out, I feel. They need to be the stickler, the 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 straight man for Eddie Murphy's, like... Yeah. Non-straight man. They've got to be the polar opposite, where the cops are like bumbling fools going around being being idiots. So it's more impressive when Foley's, like, you know... Just solving all their their complicated ruses and stuff. Yeah. I feel like they could have been more fleshed out. Again, they felt like TV series bad guys. Yeah. Where you have several levels of this organization, which would have been good to reveal each level of the organization as you went through the episodes. But in this, it doesn't make as much sense. As I said, the, the, the lady is the best bad guy of all of them. She's the coolest. And she, she dies... Very disappointingly, just yeah, definitely, yeah. So anyway, that's a good thing to add. Uh, I removed the Muslim joke from the start. That's probably that a good hasn't one. Age well at all. Uh, that's a good one to remove. <laughs> <laughs> yep, uh, that's about it. I don't yeah. know what I would remove. Um, what I would add, I was thinking about like I would add just a better story, but that would be in a complete rewrite, probably. Mm. So I'm not going to do that. That's too much work. Maybe I'll just mm. add jokes that are planned out and not, like, spontaneous jokes. Oh, I'd add them going to France. Oh, yeah. Or or Italy. Or Australia. Or anywhere else other than Beverly Hills, because I don't give a shit about Beverly Hills. Great. I don't know what I would remove. Um, the same thing as you. Just get rid of, get, just get rid of yep, the get stuff rid of that, that doesn't age well. problematic joke. <laughs> so, after this second one was released... Eddie Murphy was always like, we're never going to make a third film. One, I don't need the money, first of all. I don't need the money from another one of these, so we're not going to do yep. it. Also, he doesn't like the second movie anyway. He thinks, yep. he calls it the most successful mediocre picture in history. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty mediocre, which is fair. Which is funny. So yeah, he was always like, we're not going to do it, we're not going to do it, we're not going to do it. But then May made it. Yep. Then they did do it. Yep. Uh, in 1994... There were a bunch of different ideas, right? Idea number one, he's working with this grizzled, older cop that was going to be played by Sean Connery. Yep. But then I think he was going to be played by John Cleese from Monty Python after that. But then they scrapped that idea and they turned it into a theme park movie where terrorists are holding up a theme park? That's weird. They had to build a theme park. And so the budget for three is um, $70 million. Whoa! Uh, it came out in 1994, and we didn't do an episode on it, obviously, um, when we covered mm. 1994 in our first year, but I don't know. Maybe we'll do it one day. Yep. And then there's also talks about a fourth one on Netflix. Actually, I think they are working on a fourth one. Yep. Uh, which might come out soon. Which, sure. Great. Coming to America 2 was awful, so... Great. Maybe <laughs> do it. <laughs> Who knows? I, I'm just going to watch the first one again, I think. It's probably a good idea. It's time for raving reviews. Pull over your vehicle. Oh no! Guess the score of this this 
random review I found on Rotten Tomatoes. Don't shoot, don't shoot. We have reviews from Rotten Tomatoes. The audience scores. Sandro's going to guess the score. I am. I'm going to tell him their actual review. Yes. Uh, I think everyone knows how this game show works, so I'm just going to get into it. Maybe. So, I mean, if you're new, they're all from Rotten Tomatoes. I said that twice already, but good thing you said it at the time. I'm covering your basis. Thank you. Yep. I, I feel like I covered that base twice you already. You already did. But, uh, but uh, it's good that you're there covering it now. Mm, so I'm covering it with a fluoro tarp. We're just jumping in. Lisa says, good sequel, but the first film was a class above. Mm, above. That's the whole review? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Three out of five. Three out of five. Ooh, very close. Very close. 3.5. Ooh, okay. First film was a class above. I have to agree. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Uh, Ted says, okay, sequel. Starring the same people as the first movie. Yeah. But this story is more cheesy and unoriginal. There's not really any, like, positive notes in that review review aside from it being a sequel well it says it says okay sequel starring the same people as the first movie but the story is more cheesy than unoriginal i'm gonna go 2.5 2.5 Ooh, close again close again it's actually three out of five oh it's another three out of five great they're all gonna be three out of five this week no, the first one was 3.5, and you got that wrong, remember? Oh, you wait. guessed it was yeah, a no, three. You're right, you're right. Yep. Yeah, you've mm-hmm. been 0. 0.5 off them. Great. All right. Yuri says, every bit as good as the first film. Again, classic Murphy. So far, all three reviews have mentioned the existence of the first film. I'm sure that there's nothing about that that you huh. should look into. Ah, uh, four stars. Four stars. No, it's five out of five. Oh, wow. Every bit as good as the first. Uh, Bill says, same cast. Lousy jokes are not up to the first. I am starting to see it now that all of these reviews <laughs> are referencing the first film. Interesting. Man, it's a good thing we did an episode on that <laughs> that you can check out, our 100th episode, because uh, apparently you really need to check out the first episode. Movie. Apparently you do. I'm gonna say that one is two stars. It is two hey. stars. Very nice. Very nice. nice. All nice. right. William says, uh, "I found it to be just as enjoyable as the first." <laughs> okay, there might be a theme with the uh, yeah. with the uh, reviews for this week. No, it seems like it. C plus. C. Oh, great. C plus. <laughs> Love yep. that. Well. Yep. It's everybody's favorite segment. My review score is better than yours. C plus should be like a three or a two point five, but I'm gonna say it's a three. Ooh, it was actually two point five. Ah, damn. But he said I found it just as enjoyable as the first, but give it a two point five. That's what I'm thinking. Maybe just not a fan of the first one. Yeah, I guess not. Interesting. Weird. And finally, finally, I found the single review that didn't. Uh, mentioned the first film, which was Mike says the gunfire in this film is awesome. It's true. With a capital explanation mark. Boom. 3.5. It's 5 out of 5. Uh, what? <laughs> Great. Well, you got one point at least. Yeah, I got one. So yeah, that's that's all for this episode. Thank you very much for listening. If you want to check out the first film, absolutely do that. Yeah, do and it. And you can check out our review on our 100th episode. Yeah. It's a very exciting episode because we also do some other stuff uh, with, with lots of guests. It's too much awesome. other stuff with too, with too many guests, some could say. No, 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 I don't remember that. I remember we went in-depth into the first mm. film. Um, 
I remember watching the first film and then we recorded the episode and I was like, wait, why did Sandro make me even watch the first film? <laughs> That was a good movie. Anyway, 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 it was a great movie. Great movie. You should absolutely check out our review and check out the first film. Maybe don't check out the second film, but uh, if you like the first film, second film's all right. It depends if you think you'll agree with me or if you'll agree with us. That I think it, it it's it's more for me compared to all the garbage that we regularly view. Like this was the most watchable of. Uh, a lot of garbage. Maybe not as good as, like, The Gate. Um, yeah, well, look, as you already mentioned at the start of the episode, uh, I mean, at the end of the, what? Mm-hmm. You, we've got all the socials that you can check out, links in the description, plus Patreon. Do you, do you want to cut just the intro into the end here? Uh, I could do that, but that's work, so I don't know. Yeah, 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 exactly. Just, so, so, podcast listeners, just go to the start of this episode to yes. listen to all the plugs, all the places you need to be, check out our Patreon, yes. you know. We're doing two episodes on the old Mortal Kombat, because the new one came out. We also reviewed the new one. Yep. Um, That's all on there. And it's it's surprising. We might, because there is also an animated film that came out last year called Scorpion's Revenge or something. We could do that as well if people want. Yeah, I saw I saw a clip from it, and it actually looks pretty cool. It does look alright. Just a clip, at least, so I don't know. Yeah, if you want no. us to go even deeper in Mortal Kombat, you can. Um, you can check that out. But yeah, the reviews for the two movies and the new one are out now. Next one we're doing... Yeah, it's either going to be Master Blaster or American Ninja 2. We'll do like an emergency poll probably as soon as this goes out uh, so that you can yeah. help us decide which of those two you want us to do. Yeah. Uh, which I can't wait to see either of them. So excited. Yay. Yeah. Speaking of being excited to, to watch things. Oh, I can't wait to pick next week's episode. So, Sandra, you have one or two options. The first one is... Summer Heat. It's about uh, how the life in 1930s is really, really hard when when you're working on a farm and you have a kid. Why are there so... There's two sorts of movies from the 80s that were really Mm -hmm. popular. Cop comedies and very sad movies about working on a farm. We have... Your other option is Rita, Sue and Bob 2. What? Yep. A black comedy about two teenage schoolgirls who have a fling with a married man. Please tell me there's another option. Nope, those are your oh, only two you options. You've got to be kidding me. You've got to be kidding me. Let's just blame it on Rio again. Yes, pretty much. Although black comedy makes me think it's going to be dark. Better. And better. Yeah, yeah. And more aware of itself. I don't want to have to pick between these two. What do you think? <laughs> like, Summer Heat sounds so boring. So it's uh, probably like fine, mm, but yeah. to talk about on the podcast, it's like come yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the problem. It won't be good. Whereas Lisa <laughs> Sue and Bob Two sounds like it's definitely going to have some talking points for the podcast. Damn it! I don't want to pick it, but I have to. <laughs> Next yeah, week we're doing only... another underage fling movie. Boo! Yay! I can't wait. Yay. Oh. To... oh have no. only half our audience listen to that episode because it'll be restricted as explicit because of the content about what we're talking about because it's all about yep. school. Yep, great. Next week? Oh, boy. All right. Yep. I guess we'll just see what happens we'll and see. end it with the best quote. Wait, wait, we started with the best quote. I'll I'll go with my favourite one, um, which is probably, Don't worry, boss. I'm on the job. That's what I'm afraid of. <laughs> my favourite quote uh, has got to be, 
And this is a joke because I started the show with my actual favourite quote. This is the worst quote. My favourite quote is, I'm from the Rap Music Coalition. Let's have a rap. Rappity rap, rapity rap. Rap, rap, rap. Yes, when I say rap, you say rap. Rap. <laughs> oh, dear. Speaking of rap, we're going to have a rap sheet after talking about next week's episode. Let's wrap this up, I think. <laughs> a rap. 